There are a whole lot of myths in the world of finance and money. I'm going to read you some today. I can't wait. <laughs> and I want to get your opinion on them. All right. So I'm so whatever I don't know what you're going to read me. So whatever you're going to read me, I'm going to speak strictly from my experience. Being an eight-figure earner, multimillionaire since the age of 30, uh, overcoming poverty, doing my first real estate deals when I had $11 in my bank account. Literally, I have screenshots of it. Uh, so that's the space I'm going to be speaking from. I'm just going to speak from strictly my experience and what I've learned over time then. Okay. So... Financial myth busting. Financial today. myth. We are the myth busters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> financial myth busters. With Todd, who's gone from $11 to a multimillionaire. It's a, the financial myth busters. It's a new series. <laughs> That's that actually, actually be interesting. Yeah, I think we're going to call this series financial myth busters. <laughs> First one I have for you. If you're middle class, you are closer to being rich than the lower classes. Okay, so when most people think of classes, they think high, middle, low. Yes. So... Theoretically, they believe, or most people would believe, that middle class, you're obviously closer to upper class. You're, up, you're, you're, you're closer to being rich. But in reality, it's switched. It's actually opposite. Why is that? It's actually, if you're in the lower class right now, it is easier for you to become rich than somebody in the middle class. And the reason for that is that the middle class, one, they're completely delusional. And two, they're completely delusional. They think that doing the same thing over and over and over will eventually yield them a different result, which is completely ridiculous. So the middle class is delusional. And then also on top of that, they're riddled by debt. Somebody who's poor right now, somebody who is struggling in the lower class, they have to make one or two good decisions to become rich because they don't have to pay off 50 other creditors. All they have to do is get out of their current situation. So if you're in the lower class right now, I actually believe it's easier for you to get rich than it is for the middle class because the middle class is held down by the rest of the system. There's also the level of comfort that comes with being in the middle class. Mm -hmm. You don't have the catalyst. Don't have the Where in the catalyst. lower, when you're poor, you have the catalyst, the pain of being poor and not being able to afford what you need, the necessities. So you're obviously, you have less to lose. You have nothing to yeah, lose. Yeah, you have nothing to lose. Where in the middle class, you have something to lose and that comfort's going to keep you there. Yeah, so when you're in the lower class, if you're poor, first of all, let's define poor. Okay. Okay? Poor doesn't just mean you don't have money. Poor is a mindset. Okay. That's actually what you're overcoming. You're overcoming that you are a victim. If you believe yourself to be a victim, you have to take ownership that something is your fault. I don't care how bad the system puts uh, works against you at a certain time. You have to take ownership that you're in the position that you are and that you're making the decisions that you are because if you weren't a victim, if you were able to take ownership of it, you're able to change it. That's what's most important. You're not in control if you're the victim. Exactly. If you're always the victim and you never take control, you can't make any changes. Yes. Which will sound easy coming from me now. Yes. This is where people will go, well, it's easy for the millionaire white boy to say that. That's that people will be angry to hear that, but it's just the truth. Which, by the way, I'm not a arguing either fact. I yeah. am rich and I am white. Yeah. I'm not arguing either of those things. But I wasn't always rich. I've always been white. But I've, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> but I, I've, I haven't always been rich. Okay. I was part of the lower class at one point. I was part of the lower middle class. I was part of the middle class at one point. And I know for a fact that depending on where you come from, you have different catalysts. The middle class is the most delusional because they don't have a catalyst. And what a catalyst is, is the motivation or the reason that something moves. So if you have just enough comfort, you want to do what you did yesterday. That way you can, can continue to survive. If you are in poverty, if you're in the lower class right now, you're actually closer to being rich because you have to overcome less financially 
Okay. And but mentally. To, but not necessarily m- less mentally, because if you're in lower class, there's a very good chance that you're poor mentally. That's actually the okay. bigger issue. You're right. The bigger issue is that you're poor mentally, not in dollars. Yeah. Right? And the thing is, if you believe that the system is rigged against you, okay, and that you're a victim, that you'll always be a victim, there wouldn't be a single success story of com- someone coming from poverty to riches. So they did something different. What is it? So it could be uh, a skill set. It could be a mindset. It could be they took a different action. It took a different path. They weren't willing to quit, right? So especially the people, that there is people everywhere on this planet that started off worse than you and are further ahead. Why? It can't be because of just the system. Yeah. It has to be they something. something. Associ- they changed something. Yeah. It has to be associated with something with the way that they're thinking, the way that they're acting, the way they're making decisions. That's actually what gets you the results that you need and the results that you're seeking. It's not the system. I also love speaking to people. I love this. I love speaking to people and asking them the question if they're complaining about something or if they're talking about a certain scenario in which they are portraying themselves as the victim. I love asking, what's your solution to this? Yeah, you ask me that all the time. What is your solution? You used to. What is your I used to, but you now you to. come with answers. Yeah. You don't just complain, you come with answers. So if someone is complaining about their current situation and I ask them what their what the solution to their situation is, one of my favorite things is that very commonly their solution is their problem. It's very interesting to me. So give they, an example. So yeah, let me give you an example. So one of the examples that I have is this is actually perfect for the time. So at the time of recording this, uh, what was just announced is that Biden's plan for student loan forgiveness was stricken down. Shocking. My explanation to people is it's actually impossible for the government to allow student loan debt to be relieved. The reason for that is that student loan debt is the largest asset on the government's balance sheet. A business cannot give up its largest asset and survive. So it cannot allow student forgiveness, yeah. student loan forgiveness to happen. It is their biggest asset. Now, someone I had asked some questions to publicly, and they stated, well, the problem is that government needs to pay for further education. It needs to pay for their citizens' education. That was his, after I asked him, like, the solution to the problem, that was his answer. But what he didn't recognize is that his solution was the problem. The government is paying for it. The student loan debt is. They want a return on their money. Yeah. Yeah. So his solution was the problem. The issue here is the thinking and the decision making and the ownership. You see, when you make the decision, albeit uninformed and uneducated and misguided, when you take the responsibility of taking a loan from the government in this sense, or a government-backed loan in this sense, for education, and you don't take the time to recognize if the job that you're going to be qualified for after college will be able to pay that we'll be able to pay for that debt or not see that's a misguided or uninformed decision but a decision nonetheless so if you were banking on student loan forgiveness you have now lost your opportunity to get ahead be proactive instead of reactive make better decisions and be able to make more build a skill set and make more now you've taken this time going i'm really hoping it's going to get defer or not deferred but forgiven and now that it's not forgiven, you just lost two years. You don't recognize that that's the government's biggest balance sheet asset, biggest asset on their balance sheet. And you don't recognize 
that it is an asset for them, not only financially, but politically. An asset is anything that you have that can give you a positive return. If a political party is using that as an asset of theirs, it's to gain influence and votes. So if you're able to see through that smoke and mirrors game, you can go, it's their biggest asset on their financial balance sheet, and it's their biggest asset to get votes. I, the consumer, am not, that's not an asset for me. Even if they would have somehow forgiven 20 grand each, which was never going to happen, that still wouldn't be my asset. The asset, that's still a liability for me. The asset is that they get influence. So you have to be able to see through that. So that's the difference in thinking. Okay, so, so that's why if you're middle class right now, you are no closer to being rich. You're no, or if you're lower class, you're no, you're, you're no further away from being rich than the middle class. You're actually closer, in my opinion, because you have less financially to take care of or less financially to overcome. If you're somebody who right now has no assets and is living paycheck to paycheck at best and are just trying, trying to scrap together uh, the, the things needed, you don't have a financial situation which you can actually take out debt. So at least you're not starting below zero. You're starting at zero. That's better than being in the negative. Yeah. That's really good. So I honestly <laughs> believe that if you are lower class right now, you're closer to being rich and financially free than someone who's middle class. The most difficult person to become financially free is a high W-2 earner. A Absolutely. High, a high W-2 earner. Because they have benefits. Oh, they're they, comfortable. They're, they're comfortable. Even if they're not happy, they make enough that they raise their standards of living so high, typically, yeah. that they have to overcome a lot of debt. So I'm talking about your therapists. I'm talking about your doctors. I'm talking about your executive level, like all of these people, your lawyers. Who make all, good money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they make That's, great. We hear so many stories that people will come to you who make great money, but they're so unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it goes back to they don't understand that there's a life, there's a, there's no real life selling a spreadsheet. Right. So because of that, they're like, oh, I'm going to go do this because it earns more. But then they don't recognize what they actually want in life. So they get more dollars, but the dollars don't equate to anything for them. Right. So because what they're actually wanting is more time, but it actually takes more time from them because of the way that they're working. So myth one, busted. So myth one is absolutely busted. If you're in the middle class, you are no closer to being rich than the lower class. You have to start thinking, acting, and making different decisions to get different results. All right. I have a second myth for you. Myth two. Myth number two. Or is it a myth? Myth or, myth or fact? Matter of fact, if yeah. You, okay. If you are poor, you will always be poor. Yeah, it's absolutely a myth. I feel Again, like this one kind of speaks for itself because you see so many stories of people coming out of poverty. Yeah, the, the rags to riches story is one of the most popular, most beloved ones. The underdog story is the greatest story ever, right? Yeah. Everybody loves that story. So yeah, right now your your current situation holds no bar to your limit to your potential of where you can go. Yeah. If you're in a bad financial situation right now, I want to congratulate you. If you're in a bad life situation right now, I want to congratulate you. If you're in a bad political situation right now, I want to congratulate you. And the reason for that is because if you're able to overcome these things, everything else is going to be easy. Absolutely. If you're surviving day to day right now with absolutely no money, I can't tell you how much easier it is to work hard and figure out how to make money. Yeah. Because you've, you've lived through thing. that. You've, you're have you surviving. Yeah, you're already doing the hard thing. So if you can already do the hard thing, people ask me, oh, one of the more, it's really interesting. One of the more common questions I'll get was, oh, how hard was it to build your businesses? Easier than it was to sit in a cubicle. Yeah. You say that all the time. It's so much easier to be rich than poor. Yeah. 
Yeah. Being poor is really hard. So a lot of people will say like, oh, it's it's not for me. It's a, it's a lot of hard work. I don't know if I have the time. Like they, there's all these like mental excuses. It's really weird to me because it's easier to work through struggles, pains, difficulties, and challenges in something that matters to you than it does to live in a blissful, easy day of something that doesn't matter to you. So when I was sitting in my cubicle, even the easy days were painful. Yeah. That's really scary. When your easy day is painful, that's you're in a bad that's not good. Yeah. You have to be aware of that. You have to look around and go why. You have to ask your why. Instead of worrying about what, instead of worrying about how, which everybody wants to. Everybody wants to Hey, how do you do this? What's the secret to this? What's the process to this? What's the trick for this? It, it, there is none. Okay? There is none. It's it's the why. Why are you doing something? If This is like when we talked about it in the episode with Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a comment on TikTok where we posted a clip and he was talking about how you had $700 and his $700 total to their name. Yeah. Married with, with, with three, three kids. kids and they both had good jobs and somebody commented and was like, "This gives me so much anxiety. I am so stressed listening to this." Mm-hmm. And, and we, he talked about how it's so much, he, once he flipped the switch, it's so much easier to be rich than it is to be poor. He can't imagine going back. Yeah. See, and this will get clipped. Okay. Someone will watch this and they'll go, well, of course it's easier to be rich than it is to be poor. <laughs> but the point is then do it. Yeah. Then do it. There's no system holding you back other than your belief system. Your belief system's holding you back, but there isn't any exterior system holding you back. I don't care where you live. I don't care what system you're in, right? If you're within the United States, it's only your belief system. It is your choice to have a bad attitude. The bad at- Your bad attitude is your only disability. That's it. To some extent, yeah. What disability other than a bad attitude actually holds you back? I don't know. I, we've had this conversation before. I don't know how much of that I agree with. Well, go on. But- because what about people who grew up in poor areas and they don't have the same access to like opportunities that you did or you do now i'm not saying as they get older once it comes to their consciousness that they have these opportunities but like fresh out of high school Mm -hmm. people who grew up in inner city and things like that you're saying they have this all the same do they watch youtube Yes, they, but, the, but that's what I'm saying. Once it comes to their understanding, but they could, but your understanding, it could come like Wyatt. Wyatt has an understanding at the age of seven mm-hmm. that some people will not get until the age of 35. Or, or ever. Or ever, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. People who are watching this right now, you can say that to them. It might yeah. make them angry, but you can say that to them. Okay. But people who, maybe people who aren't watching, that's are what you, I'm talking about. Are you telling about. me poor people aren't on TikTok? Not, maybe they are, but what if, like, this is what I mean. Like, we're we're bringing the awareness to them. That's my whole point. Yes. Yeah. But not, but maybe they weren't aware of it before now. That's my whole purpose in life. <laughs> I'm just arguing with the wall. Forget it. I guess I agree with you, yeah. No, no, no. Don't just agree with me to agree with me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue myself in circles right now. I am saying, <laughs> this is why you argue with questions, people. <laughs> <laughs> you, guide them to, you guide them to their own hole that's the key <laughs> my what my point is is that the system so people will argue capitalism people will argue democracy people will argue I w- i'm not arguing that our, our, our political system people okay what are you arguing then because i said it's there it's, there's no exterior system that's holding them back it's their belief system 
I guess it's not even a system that I'm arguing. It's just like how people grew up. Is it just an experience? So you're talking about like someone's childhood. Yeah, someone's experience, like their their experience in home. Like you had a great home life growing up. Some people just don't. And get a golden that. childhood. You had a golden we didn't childhood. Have much money, right? Golden childhood. White picket yeah. fence. Yeah. Two I, kids. My my biggest advantage in life that I had two parents who loved me unconditionally. No matter how much money you had, you had two parents who loved you. Yes. But even like no matter what their jobs or anything like that, which most of not most a lot of people don't get that. That's what right. I'm talking about. People, people like that. Yeah. When they're in that situation and they're inner city and they don't have a great home life and they don't get to experience those things. They can't go to college. They can't. So like maybe they're watching this on YouTube now and this is their first time experiencing it. That's but why I, I wanted to congratulate them because yes, you've gotten yeah, through okay. that. It's going to be so much easier to get through the things that I'm talking about. I agree with you then. I do agree with you. Yeah. Like all of that. I had... I won't say what the story was. I had someone come up to me one time. We were at a live event. He pulled me uh, aside during lunch and he told me, he was like, hey man, I just want you to know, I just felt like I needed to tell you that I had this trauma happen to me when I was younger. And it was brutal. I mean, like think of like the worst possible thing that can happen to you as a kid and that happened to him. And I just looked him in the face and I was, dude, I want to congratulate you. And he just looked at me like in complete shock. And I was like, I'm serious because if you got through that, man, real estate's going to be easy. And I'm really <laughs> excited so for you. And guess what? He's wildly successful in real estate now. Yeah. And I talk to him and it's amazing to see his story, like the arc that he's taken. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But he made the decision to get himself in public with a, like, it was probably terrifying, let alone to walk up to someone and say like, hey, I had this trauma and like, I don't really know what to do with it. Yeah. So another example of that, who I will say his name. Hi, Brad. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. Brad, I'm going to tag you and make sure that you watch this. He, him and I, we played at rivaling colleges in baseball. So we always had a great rivalry. And it was funny. His brother, he now owns the title company that we, that we worked with the most, which, which is amazing. It's a whole nother like story of like, Hey, from here to here by how you think and decisions that you make. So congratulations to him as well. But in taught, and we ended up having a lunch together. So his his brother brought us together, and I didn't recognize him. And I were sitting next to each other at lunch, going like, "Why do you look so familiar? Why, like, why? How do I know you?" And then we we ended up figuring out, oh, we like it's you. Like you're the third baseman that I had to throw the kitchen sink at to get out. And he was like, "And it's you. You would never throw me a fastball." I'm like, "No, you're gonna hit it over the wall." So well, yeah, we played at rivalry schools. So we ended up having up a little bit of a relationship like that. But during that lunch, he had explained like, "Oh yeah, my fiance just left me." And I looked him in the face and said, "Congratulations, brother." Was this after, before, or after your fiance? And that, and that, no, that was after. That's my whole point. Oh, so like you had already gone through it? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's why I congratulated him. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know, I was engaged once before being married and she had left. And um, that's why I congratulated him because I knew, dude, like your life's, you're not even going to recognize your life in 18 to 24 months. You're going to be so happy. You're going to be the person in your dreams. You're going to have your business going. Like, this is amazing. This is the best gift that you could have been given. It doesn't feel like it right now. And he wanted to punch me in the face. He's told me that. But guess what he's got now? Amazing wife, thriving business they have together and a kid. 24 months later, 36 months later. Yeah. And it's like... Congratulations. So the hard thing that you're going through right now, congratulations. Seriously. I think my problem with this argument, why I'm arguing with you is I just feel so empathetic for the people who like aren't watching this video, aren't getting this content because I just want them to see it and be able to, to change the way they're thinking. Yeah. People who have never been exposed or, or showed a growth mindset. That's who I'm arguing for. But yeah, you yeah you want to expose them to a growth mindset. Yeah, that's what I'm arguing. It's a huge for. piece of the mission. For because sure. not everybody will be exposed to this type of content. 
No, there, that's no, the there's, thing. There's a reason like, cat videos have 30 million views. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're trying to escape life, you know, that's that's a whole other problem yeah. to solve. But another important piece to recognize, too, is rich people, it wasn't given to them. A huge majority is first generational wealth. Yeah. It wasn't given to now, them. Now, there are the it, exception where it is genuinely given to them, but it's not. Yeah, but there's different things given to them te- uh, typically too, which is yeah. the mindset and like, hey, you have to push this forward. You have to grow this. That's a yeah. whole different catalyst. He is not a trust fund baby. He does get yeah, that no. comment. <laughs> I love that comment. On TikTok quite a few times now, says the trust fund baby. Just, just Yeah, yeah. Just It was just given to him. I, like, I, I want to have my dad on sometime. Be like, hey, what'd you give me? He's going to be like, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's... Um, other than that, unconditional love, both people in the household, huge deal. Yeah, just recognize that. If you're poor, you won't always be poor. Like, I would love to just have a whole episode sharing on the things that I've been through. We're going to do that because I was, I almost said we should film that today. We'll, really? we'll do that. Yeah, that was my, I was going to literally do an episode where we just tell your entire story from start to finish. Oh, the, I feel like that's super relevant, especially for the channel. Oh, yeah. The things that, I mean, I've been through a lot. Yeah. A lot. All the experiences you've had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So myth two, busted. I would say myth two is busted, and that was that if you're poor now, you're always going to be poor. That's yes. definitely a myth without without single hesitation, without question. Okay, myth three. It takes money to make money. We've talked about this one before. Yeah, t- so it, t- it does not take money to make money. We probably don't have to hit this one as long. No, because we've done it before. Yeah, so why doesn't it take money to make money? Well, first of all, Anybody who tells you that it takes money to make money, it's just their excuse that they're using to solidify or satisfy themselves into not trying harder. They just want to remain comfortable. That's why that statement is said, such as money doesn't grow on trees. How long have you heard that one? Time is money. Every like all of I, the every time I spend money, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. My favorite my parents' favorite thing to say growing up. Really? Money doesn't grow on trees, Aisley. <laughs> yeah, plant a different tree. <laughs> Yeah, everyone. Yeah, it's called an asset. It does grow on trees. Turns out, money from thin air. Yeah, so you do not need you do not need money to make money. I think it's, the biggest argument to that mm-hmm. is people who think the only way to make money is by going to college and getting a nine to five job and like a W two job. So then they're like, you have to pay for a college degree to make money. I think that's the biggest argument to that. So they're just talking about capitalization. Yeah. To to combat that. Probably the worst way to make money is to go to college, get a degree, and then go get a job. It's probably the worst way to make money. I mean, I agree with you. I'm not going to argue with you on this one. It's probably the it's probably the single worst way to make money for two reasons. One, you don't gain any skill sets. You only gain what is perceived as knowledge. And a which, piece of paper. Which is... You didn't get... I guess I do have a piece of paper over there. I was about to say, they don't even give you a piece of paper, do they? But I do have my degree hanging on the he wall. He has a piece of paper. Um, yeah, I got a bachelor's. Okay. <sighs> done a lot with it <laughs> would you do it again if you could go back well see i see I'm, I'm different i was majoring in eligibility i just wanted to play professional baseball that's the only reason i yeah. went to college was to play ball okay so if you weren't a baseball player would you go back and get that degree no okay. no 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 perfect no, no. I, I i wouldn't have went to college if it wasn't for baseball i would argue you got more experience from baseball than you did college itself <gasps> without question <laughs> oh the things i went through in baseball too like baseball is the greatest sport in the world to me because it's a game of failure so if you fail 70 percent of the time in baseball you're in the hall of fame yeah i think it's a great teacher of life life is like that business is life like that if you succeed 30 percent of the time in business you're going to be a multi multi multi-millionaire 
you're unbelievable. Con- yeah, you're constantly dealing with failure and mistakes and overcoming. And here's here's the four things in business that you absolutely have to do. Okay, which and this ties in perfectly to not needing money to make money. Number one, you have to outlearn, and, and most people can do three of the four. So the first three I'm going to say. Most people can do for a period of time. Number okay. four is where people struggle, and which is where the actual riches are made. Number one. Number one is outlearn. So you can outlearn other people. You can outfocus on, uh, I'm going to research. I'm going to network. I'm going to talk. I'm going to listen. I'm going to do all of these things. That way I can learn more. You can outlearn people. You can, most people can do that for a period of time. Number two, I can outstrategize. Okay, so I'm going to get smarter and I'm going to take different angles. I'm going to take different approaches and I'm going to try different things. So I'm going to out strategize the other people. Okay, most people can do that for a period of time. Number three, I'm going to outwork. Now, how often have you heard this one? It takes time, takes time to make money, right? So a lot of people will try to outwork other people. They think that's the answer to riches. It's completely ridiculous. It's never going to work. That's the three that most people understand. Number four is the actual key. We'll spit it out. Number four is the one that actually brings riches, and that is outlast. You have to be able to outlast everybody. So even when you're going through the shit, even when you're going through struggles, even when you're going through all the frustrations, even when you've been told no, even when you're even when you've been wrong, even when you've made the mistakes, even when you've been beaten down, guess what you still do? You show up the next day with the same amount of enthusiasm. So would you say you failed more than you've won? Not even close. Without question. And you're a multimillionaire. Failed businesses, failed relationships, failed strategy, failed attempts, failed money. I've failed everything more than anybody I know. Because I'm trying more things. I'm doing more things. But you've ultimately I show back won. up. I, I outlast. I just want to outlast. If I can outlast everything else, I'm going to make money whether I have money at that time or not. The, the newsflash, rich people are broke all the time. All the time. We're broke all the time. All the money goes into investment. We forecast a payment over here. We forecast a a scenario over here. We place money here for protection. We place money here for investment. We place money here for a return. We want to try this. Rich people are broke all the time, but they know it's a temporary scenario. Yeah, because they're strategizing. And number three, strategizing. (laughs) Number four is outlast. Yeah. Like that's the key because even when the money goes away, even if it doesn't work, they re earn money. They're not re earning money with extra money, right? They're re earning money with their skill sets. They're re earning money with the first three principles, which are the outlearn, outstrategize, outwork, and then they outlast. Those are where the riches are actually made, is in the outlast category because they don't quit. Okay. so. So it does not take money to make money. Myth number three. Busted. I love, I love that. Hand. The, the hammer's coming down. The hammer coming down. So no, it does not take money to make money or everybody would be poor because at some point everyone doesn't have money for the most part. Myth number four. There's nobility in poverty. There's nobility in poverty. So yes. nobility, honor. I'm just going to yes. sum it up as honor. There's honor in poverty. I believe that to be absolutely a myth in my experience in my life. Where I see this the most is in the religious ranks, especially religious people. Now, when I say religious, I don't mean that you're um, just a godly person or anything like that. Like, I'm a godly person. Yes. Like, I'm a Jesus guy. Yeah. That doesn't make me religious, though. Like, religious to me. Religion and a relationship with God are two different things. We're not getting into that. Oh, boy. We're not getting into that. We're not going there. 
but religion is like religion is structured yeah yes go watch religion. basement with tim ross he'll t- he'll help you yeah i love that i love him uh yes the relationship is different and the reason i say there's no nobility in poverty is because people believe that making money is bad or making money is evil and money is the root of all evil when in reality it's the love of money that is the root of evil having money doesn't make you bad no it makes you more of who you already are yes so the love of money like you said greed yeah if you have greed you're going to have greed whether you have money or not yeah. you're still going to have greed it's you're the just relationship take it with money yeah you're going to take it in different ways right yeah you're going to you're going to you're going to take time from people or you're going to take relationship from people or you're going to take love from people because um, you can be poor and be a bad person too you can be poor and be greedy <laughs> most most of the time, in my experiences, the greediest people that I know are the people who are financially struggling. And the reason for that is they put value in the money and not in themselves and the other people. So they aren't able to get ahead of their greed because they think the money is going to solve it. It's not how it's solved. You have to solve your heart issues with money, your relationship with money. That's why I don't believe there's any honor in being poor. It it doesn't make you any better than someone else who has money. It doesn't it doesn't bring you different opportunities or better opportunities. It doesn't bring you um, a feeling of I am better because I'm not worried about money or I don't need this. That guy needs that. There's no nobility in poverty. And it's funny. I I feel that when I'm better than you because I don't need money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you're right. Organized religion does have a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why a lot of people are pushed away from the church, I think, is because they they don't want that feeling. They don't like that feeling. They feel like they're being judged. Right, which is the exact opposite. There's a lot opposite. of judgment, yeah. Yeah, which is the exact opposite of what it's supposed to be, right? So, yeah, there's no, there's, in my experience, in my personal opinion, there's no nobility in poverty. It's, it's very interesting to me. If I make, obviously, I make a lot of posts about money, because that's the conversation that I want to have. I want to have important conversations, and the ones that I wanted to focus around is about money, because so many people see it as a taboo topic that's uncomfortable to them. Which is why they have a bad relationship with money. So they can't get better with it. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I want to bring those things up. It's always very interesting to me that whenever I make a post about money, or there's a conversation that I'm looking to have, there is always one or two, for sure, people, but usually a small group that really push back on, well, you don't need money to be happy. Okay. You don't need money to be fulfilled. Okay. You don't need money money to be the most that you can be. Okay. It's, it, it is always focused around, well, you don't need that to be X, Y, Z. Okay. Why are you talking like that though? Right. Like if you had it, Maybe you would think differently. I've not had it, and I've had it. I much prefer to have it because I'm able to provide more for others. I became more of who I already was. Okay? People saying that, it kind of sounds just more of an excuse as to why. It's almost like their insecurity is showing when they say, well, you don't, if you say, here's how to make money, and they're like, well, you don't need money to be happy. It just sounds like they're insecure because they don't have money. It almost feels like they're trying to level up their honor to come... yes or they're preying on the downfall of others they don't want somebody else to have money because that means they're in their mind they're going to be above them they're feeling less than yeah which they shouldn't there's no nobility in poverty let me let me ask you something this is a this is a real question you can answer it however you want like don't just say 
Um, oh, goodness. It's me sitting here. <sighs> Pressure. Have you ever known me to be greedy? No. I don't think there's ever been an instance where you made a decision or said something and I've been like, that was really greedy. Like, that was... I don't think. I, it's 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 because it's heart issues that people are struggling. Honestly, with. as it's, like as far as I can remember, I'm not just saying this because I'm co-hosting a podcast with you. That's my that was my whole point. I was like, yeah. I want you to answer that because we I'm can talk honestly about saying it. that I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been like that was a really greedy decision or that was a really that was a really selfish decision he made. Yeah, even if he didn't have context on a decision. Yeah, I I really can't think of a time, but honestly, that speaks for itself as to why you're in the position that you're in. In my opinion. Yeah. So. Sorry. It's when people are dealing with heart issues and they're unaware of it. That's when problems arise. So if you have a heart issue with money, which is why I want to have the conversations, right? When money arrives to you, that's when the symptoms show. So if you're greedy You'll mm-hmm. have more of it. If you're selfish, you'll have more of it. You'll If you have anger, ooh. If you have anger, you'll have way more of it. If you have fear, crippling fear, you'll have more of it. So money just amplifies those characteristics and traits. Money will maximize the characteristics within you. Exactly. So when people think of, oh, I am noble because I am poor and I don't need that, there is usually an underlying fear or some sort of character trait that gets exposed when money arrives. There is no, you are no better because you struggle harder than someone else. It's just not how it works. Ooh, that's good. You're no better because you struggle harder than somebody else. It's not how it works. It's like the competition. It's like one-upping somebody with problems. Yeah. Instead of celebrating someone. And you you see that a lot in our TikTok comments. Oh, there's, here's why I love people sharing their comments on short form, especially. Is that they don't have context of why. They just hear a what and they react to it. When they react to it, it shows me their pain and it allows me to teach better. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, I can help that. Ooh, I can help that. There was one earlier where he said, we're all going to die with debt because of the system that's upon us. I'm like, ooh, I can help with that. Yeah. You got any debt? I mean, I have, yeah, I have a car payment. I'm about to have a mortgage. Yeah. You going to die with debt? No. You going to die with bad debt? No. No, it's how you act i have debt right now but i don't believe i'm gonna die in debt here's a better question do you technically have debt right now yes could you pay it off with what's in your savings account (laughs) yep yeah (laughs) it's choice it's it's debt but yeah it's strategic debt it's not like i just spend money and i'm like whoops swipe the cards swipe the card like it's you're learning and practicing about money it is incredible to me that people will practice a hobby people will will practice a relationship a sport anything and then they'll go but with money with absolutely no education they'll just throw it around and be like hey it doesn't work (laughs) it's broken you didn't learn about it yeah you'll go to college for four or five years to learn whatever degree that you want to learn not a skill set you're not getting a skill set yet and you want to learn whatever topic you want why don't you learn about money for four or five years and then talk about how the system solutions could be brought about yeah, it, that's so true. People love to speak on it and love to complain about money when they haven't even tried to learn the first thing about money. No, they don't even know what it is. Yeah. They even call it money and not a currency. Like it's money. Or capital. Or, yeah. yeah. Yep. Which just goes back to why we should be learning about money in schools, but they'll never do that. Yep. Just read my books instead. Yes. If you can't wholesale after this. If you can't cash flow after this. 
Okay. And so anything that was in the fu- and anything in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that myth was there's nobility in poverty. So you're calling it a myth, not a fact. There's no no bit there's no nobility in poverty, so I'm calling it a myth that there's nobility. Yeah, myth. Busted. Myth number four, busted. Busted. All right. And if I you got- guys like this content, like it and share it and subscribe and do all the things. Let us know. If you if you disagree, if you think this is fact, tell us why. Yeah, I, again, I would love to have a conversation in the comments section. We are conversation people. If you want to have a debate, I love debates. He loves to talk. <laughs> okay. Number five, fact or myth? My surroundings are my future. Fact or myth? What if I told you it's a combination of the two? Okay. But I think it's more of a myth. You think it's maybe the angle that people are coming from when they're yep. arguing that? Yeah. Okay, so tell me what would be what would be a fact if you're arguing my surroundings are my future? If you never change your surroundings and you aren't aware of your surroundings and how they affect you, it will be your future. Okay. But it's not... It, but when I think of it as a myth, I think of it as you can change your surroundings. You can make the decision to change. You can change people. You can change circles. You can change physical location. You yeah. can change how you think. You can change your decision making, which all changes your results. So, so it's that, like if you're looking at it with a positive, of like a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, if you're looking at that sentence, you could use it in both scenarios. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So your current scenario, your current surroundings, you know, determining your future, I can see it as both. But that being said, being growth minded, if I'm not happy with where I'm at right now, I can absolutely change my surroundings. So therefore, it's an automatic myth bust. This is the same thing as if you take yourself out of that victim complex. If you just take Mm -hmm. control you can change it yeah i was having a conversation with somebody in one of my posts (laughs) so i have my best conversations is like just on your post you're questioning people's thinking again my favorite question to ask someone is what do you believe the solution to this is if they have a very you know aggressive stance on you know a a specific topic which i think is a good thing right everybody knows my specific stance on traditional retirement plans 401ks and things like that right But when you ask me, what do I think the solution is? I have one for you and it's not the problem regurgitated. Yeah. Right? So one of my favorite questions to ask is what is the solution to this? So in a scenario of my surroundings are my future, I like to ask that question. I had a conversation the other day and it was very similar to that. Well, how do you believe to the the, the question was about capitalism. Is capitalism the cause or the solution to poverty? That was the question. And then one of the people was stating that it is the absolute cause, okay, and that there will always be rich people preying on poor people. Okay, what do you believe the solution to this is? And the, and the answer was uh, the eradication of capitalism, okay, but that's not a solution. That's just you're, eradicate, you're trying to get rid of something. What's the solution? And the solution was we need more options of freedom of choice. Isn't capitalism freedom of choice? It is free. Exactly. That's my whole point. It's like when you will get to the point of where they they just regurgitate the problem. Yeah. They don't actually have a solution. So that's the problem with if if you're fixed minded and you aren't adopting a growth mindset yet, you're going to find yourself in a position where you just regurgitate your problem as the solution. And you honestly believe that your solution would fix it, even though that solution is already in place. Yeah. So I'm not saying capitalism's all good, all bad, or anywhere in the middle. I'm not even going to give you my opinion of that. Yeah. So, but what's funny is people who will give a specific opinion on that or, or be very, like, very pointed in their opinion 
typically if you ask them about the problem, their solution is just regurgitated as the problem. It's, it's very, it's very interesting to me. I, I don't know where that comes from. Okay. So back to my surroundings are my future. Mm -hmm. How would you use that negatively then? How do I use it negatively? Yeah. Give an example of like how to not use that. Like if you're saying it's a myth, it's my surroundings are my future. You're saying people, when they say that in the terms of, I can't, I can't grow because I'm in the position that I'm in. That's the myth. Yes. That's okay. Yeah. yeah, That's the myth that my physical surroundings, my physical area is keeping me held within a limitation. My potential is extremely low because of the, the area that I'm in. Okay. And I think these are, I think this is very much easier. Obviously this is easier said than done. We're not saying it's going to be an easy thing to do if you're, if you're using it like that. None of it's the- not easy to get out of this, the situation, the circumstances that you're in, the environment that you're in. It's not easy to change it. Here's an example. Okay. Here's a question for you. Okay. Statement then question. You had crippling anxiety early, young when you were younger. Yeah. How easy was it to escape it? It was not easy to escape it, but it's easier to live without it than it is to live with it. And what I think what you mean by that, it was easier to work through it. Yeah. Than to be stuck in the same position dealing with it day to day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So to make the progress in it, it wasn't easy, but it was easier than staying the same. It's the same thing as you saying it's easier to be rich than poor. Yeah. It's easier for me to live day to day without anxiety and just manage it than it is for me to just show up and be miserable with it yeah yeah i agree so maybe you're gonna have temporary pain to get out of your circumstances especially if it's your friends that are holding your back your your family the people around you like those that environment you're gonna have immediate pain but you're gonna have long-term reward yeah exactly you're gonna short-term pain long-term comfort short-term pain long-term comfort that's that's what you want so if you try to stay comfortable right now which is your current surroundings, no matter if you're happy with it or not, there's a level of comfort there because you know it. If you stay there, you're going to have long-term pain. Right. And if you decide to change your surroundings, adopt a different mindset, try something different, which by the way, if you're in a really bad situation or if you're in a situation that you're not happy with and you're broke, you're already broke. You got nothing to lose. Just try something different. Make a change. Try something new. It it, It could be anything. You can start small. It doesn't have to be, you know, drastic. You don't have to move across the country or anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just change something. If it's not, if it's broken, fix it. That's why we were talking about earlier with middle class. It's not broken for them, so they're not going to fix it. Exactly. There's not enough pain. There's not a pain catalyst enough to move yet. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying myth five, busted. Yeah, I, I do believe depending on the angle that you're looking at, it could be both. It could be fact yeah. or myth. But I lean more towards myth because I'm growth minded. So therefore, I see the opportunity to change. And your current surroundings are not fixed and set in stone. You, it's up to you to make the change. And that goes with the same myth as if you're poor, you're always going to be poor. It's the same thing. Yep. Very yeah. similar. Okay. Number six, government policy needs to change. Government policy needs to change. This one's very loose. Yeah. I think that goes along with people's opinion of, well, the government and the policies and the uh, and the economics around surrounding it are what decide my results, which is ridiculous. Okay. You decide your results. Nobody else decides your results. Right. Right. So it's it's like you're when people get mad about taxes and things like that. People will get mad at me because they're like, okay, like I make a million dollars and have a zero dollar tax bill. Okay. And they go, that's not fair. That's ridiculous. People get angry about it. People don't understand it. 
growth-minded people are like, how'd you do it? I want to do that. And then fixed-minded people are really angry about and it. And they're like, you should pay taxes, eat the rich. Yeah, exactly. Eat I hate rich. you. My old license plate on my R8 was tax the rich. <laughs> so, I loved it. So the, the, the people who get upset about that and angry about that, they don't recognize that we're all playing by the same rules. You're all under the same rules. And the way that you're doing it, you're still, you're not cheating. You're no. not breaking the rules. It's not that you're breaking the rules. You're playing on the same playing field. We're on the you're same just board. strategizing differently. We're on the same, see, I'll strategize, remember? Yeah. I'll strategize, not less. Here, here is why I'm able to out strategize. I got giant tax bills that I'll, I will have paid more in taxes than anybody with a traditional W-2 job in their career of working. Yeah. That's how I had a pain, pain catalyst to change, Yeah, to learn about the tax system, to learn about what benefits I can have, to learn about what route to take to best protect capital for the long term, right? Right. So you can actually partner with the government in a sense because they want you to buy housing. They want you to provide clean housing. They want they want Because certain... you're solving a problem for them. Exactly. There's people that need housing. Exactly. They can't afford to just buy a house like you can. Exactly. So yeah. they want you to be able to provide an opportunity for somebody. Therefore, you get a benefit for it. Right? You are not landlord scum. No, <laughs> no, and not at all. Anybody would live in any one of our properties because they're beautiful. Yeah. Right. I would live in any one of and our properties. And they're not, you're not gouging people's eyes. No, we, we're typically below market rent. Right? Yeah. Like at least uh, we can, we, we try to be close to it, but typically we're actually technically a little because bit Because I think it. the stereotype is that people buy houses and then they, and then the rent is through the roof and they're, they're the reason people can't afford to live in. There, right yeah. it's just it's just not the case it's the market that deter- determines the rent the rental rate yeah but also people just don't un- they're not educated on it and they don't understand so they're just looking for somebody to blame right so they just get angry yeah right. and then you're the easiest person to get angry at because you own the property right it's 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 incredible to me the people they get mad about things like that it's like playing Candyland and like being mad at me because i draw the the ice cream cone <laughs> on the first draw and I get to skip three quarters of the board and then win and you draw a double orange and you're only like four steps ahead to start the game. Like we're playing the same game. Yeah. We both played within the same rules, right? Or if you're playing Monopoly, like if you want to play Monopoly. I feel like me, Monopoly is an easier example because you have all the same opportunities yeah, in that game. Less, there's no ice cream cone that you can draw. Okay. Yeah, there's less chance. It's just purely decision making. Yeah, that's fair. So like if you want to play Monopoly, let's play Monopoly. Right. Don't play Monopoly with him because one, you'll be there all night. Two, you will get your butt handed to you on a platter, and it's actually unbearable. <laughs> Watching him and his real estate friends that they've sat in a room with me and played Monopoly, it's like a three day long ordeal. The board stays on the table for three days, and you actually want to gouge your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's funny to me that okay, you can play Monopoly with somebody. It's like them getting mad at you for buying houses and investing in assets and understanding how money works. Yeah. You're all you're playing the same game. You're playing with the same rules. Yeah. Right. If one abides by the rules better or with further understanding, why would you be mad at them? You have the same opportunity to do that. So the people that say like, oh, that person has opportunity because, uh, you know, to have benefits that I don't No, you have the same benefits. You have the same rules. We're just acting and thinking and and decision making in a different way. And the crazy thing about is like the crazy comparison. Sorry, hold on. Let me show that. And a crazy thing is that life is like the game of Monopoly because in Monopoly, if I lose to you in the game because you strategize better and you knew more than I can, you, like more than I do, I can just go back and play it again and try again, and I like learn more, try again. Yeah. Life is just like that. It's a real life Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real. You you are a landlord right now, but that doesn't mean that I can't do the same thing as you and have the same assets and yeah, and learn how to do what you're doing. Yeah, you just can go, because you're doing it doesn't mean that I can't do that. 
Yeah, just like in the game. If you go bankrupt, you can start the game again. That's what you get to do. You just life. reset the board. Yeah, it's what you get to do. Yeah. That's then that brings us back to our original thought of, in in my opinion, the lower class is closer to being rich than the middle class. It's just that their board was reset. Yeah. Sometimes you're on that's a clean a board. Sometimes that's a blessing and a gift. You want a clean board. Yeah. You don't want to start with $180,000 in student loan debt and, and, and bad a, debt and a $300,000 mortgage that's underwater and two cars that are both 40 grand. Like now you can make 150 grand a year and be in the red every single month. Yeah. I would rather be in a lower class where I didn't even have the ability to get credit yet. Right. Or to get yeah, that. Yet. Because you, you don't have the credit to prove it. I don't have any credit or history or, yeah, or, enough or money to put down. <laughs> right. Now I make one good decision on a four unit or a, a, a small complex or a duplex or something, yeah. anything, anything tangible that pays me 2000 bucks a month. Now I'm financially free in one deal. Yeah. That's why, that's why I honestly believe if you're in the lower class right now, there's a little bit of a blessing there that if you look at it from the right angle, you go, this is a real opportunity for me. Now my board is reset. Yeah. Um, so this one was government policy needs to change. I think we could also word that government policy is the reason I'm losing, like that type of thing. Yeah. I think that would be a better way to word that because I think people blaming government policy is what we're talking about. Yeah. I, so I, you're saying that's a myth. I would I would absolutely say that's a myth because you have free reign and opportunity to make the decisions that you do. At least if you're within the United States. If you're Perfect. with any free within any free country, you know, if you're listening to this from North Korea somehow. <laughs> Maybe it's different. I haven't dealt with that one yet. But if you're within the United States or any free country or any 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 free thinking space or free decision making space, it's it's up to you. It's not up to somebody else. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to get you. No one's coming to change it for you. The best thing that we can do is educate you, which is why my mission is what it is, is in financial suffering. It's through education, financial literacy, financial IQ and practice. So myth number six. I would consider I would consider that busted. Busted. All right, I got one more for you. One more. Rich people are selfish. Ooh, rich people are selfish. I think we've kind of covered this already. A little bit. I would say, again, money's going to make you more of who you are. So, are there selfish people out there that are rich? Yeah, of course. But there's just as many selfish people out there that are poor and middle class. All right, here's a here's a question for you. Okay. If somebody thinks that a rich person is selfish, okay, and a narcissist or anything like that, and they think that you should eat the rich, any of the typical comments, typical line, one-liners, or if they believe that the rich should give up their money and give it to them, isn't that the more narcissistic, selfish I was going to say, thing? I think that's Thought? a little more selfish to think that you deserve the money that the rich people are making. Isn't it? Because typically the rich, what they're doing is providing a monster value somewhere in the space that is solving that is, a giant problem. That's why they get paid. That's earning the money for them. Yeah. There's a reason that they have the money. Typically, yeah. you're solving a problem. Just like we talked about, we just talked about landlords. Yeah. You're solving a housing problem. You're providing housing to people. Huge problem. Who can't afford it. Like people, yeah. These people can't afford to buy a house. You can, and you're providing housing to them at a, a reasonable price. Mm -hmm. And then typically the people who get upset about landlords, they just had a bad experience, which, yeah. I'm, which there are bad experiences There are bad landlords, there. just like we just said that there are selfish, rich, and poor people. But you can audit your landlord before you yeah. go rent somewhere. Yeah. That's the other reason why I think college is one of the worst ways to go make money 
is because when it puts you in debt, you have to accept the first job offer you get. You don't have the opportunity to audit who you're really going to be working for. Hey, you just need to get a job. You just need to get a job to survive. Yeah. So it starts you on that hamster wheel. You don't have the opportunity to audit who you're going to be working with. You don't have the opportunity to audit who you're going to be working for. You don't have the opportunity to ask this, yourself the question, am I going to grow the most in this position or am I just getting paid? Right. So you, you put yourself into a box, like right off the, right you, off the bat. You yeah, because you're scrambling. You're like, I need I need money. I, I just went into debt, so much debt. I need money. I need to live. How am I going to eat? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the common problems that I deal with a lot is, well, I have two jobs and two kids, and I don't have any money to, I don't have any time to save, or I don't have any money to save. Yeah, you're in a hell of a problem right now. You got to do something different. Yeah. Great question. Have you... Learned of the opportunity that's going to be able to take care of you and your family for the rest of your life. If the answer is no, it's probably the most important question you'll ever you'll ever hear. The second most important question is probably, are you taking any time to discover what that opportunity might be? And if that answer is no. Are you seeking it out? Right. If you're not seeking it, if you're not seeking that it's opportunity. It's not just going to come to you. It's, nothing's going to change. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. Right. I learned that from Jim Rohn. Like... Those two questions back to back, they'll they'll point out your direction. They'll do for it you really, really quickly. The first time somebody hears that question in their life is it's going to change their life. Yeah, the first the first time that they seek it. Yeah, the first time not necessarily, no, the, not necessarily the first time they hear it, but the first time that they actually seek the opportunity. Because I can think back the moment in which that happened for me. Right. Nobody asked me that question. It's when I heard in my cubicle that my financial problems are my fault, not my employer's. When I maybe heard, it made you a little angry. <laughs> when I heard that, it was, I I mean, awe inspiring. I I didn't know what to do. Right. And that was the last time I walked out the, those doors, down those steps, never walked back up them. But that was also the day that I began seeking the opportunities that could take care of me and my family forever. And that's when I came across real estate and education, which are my two gifts. Myth number seven. The rich are selfish. Busted, right? In most cases. The, Put the hammer the, down. The rich, huh? Put the hammer down. But, oh, put the <laughs> Thank you. Hammer down. The Yeah, in, mo- in most cases, in my experience, again, I'm speaking from my experience, the rich are far more giving, far more understanding, and easier to deal with. Every deal that I've done over a million dollars has been the smoothest deal the smoothest deals I've done in my business and every like $5,000 deal, $10,000, $15,000 deal has always been a slog to get through. Okay. Because of the mindsets and the people that are involved. There you have it. So I would say, I would say that in my experience, the rich are not, the rich are not selfish. He has spoken. (laughs) I've spoken. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way. And you have seen seven myths. Seven financial myths. Seven financial myths all hammered down with the exception of the one that was kind of both. But from our perspective, again, my experience. I think it could definitely be both depending on how the person's using it in the argument. Yeah. Depending on the the circumstances around it, what you're saying, that one could definitely be both. Yeah, Our whole focus is to grow, right? Yeah. Our whole focus is to get better. Our whole focus is to move forward in a way that others can't. That's why we're sharing these things. That way you can get better at it. Yeah. So I would say all seven... All seven in this case, very one-sided. All seven in this case were all myths. Next time I'll bring you some that are a little more questionable. We can we can argue a little more. And then there's, and these are all things that people believe. That's what it, it's what keeps them stuck. What I did like about them is that they're all heart issues. Yeah, they're all heart issues with money. 
They're all heart issues. They're all mindset issues too. Yeah. It's all the opposite of a growth mindset. Yeah. It's incredible that once you realize all of your results are based off how you think, first of all, it's if first stage of that, it's terrifying because then you have to take a bunch of ownership for everything that's happened. Yeah. And so you're let's like, say this is all my fault. Yeah. Something bad that happened to you. You recognize like, oh, what, what role did I have in that happening? That's a terrifying thought and process and reflection that you have to go through. I love when I come into the house and I'm like, Todd, this happened to me today. And I play the victim and you're like, oh, this is what we're doing today. We're playing the blame game. <laughs> He's like, are you going to take responsibility for anything? And I'm like, it was all my fault. All Here's way, what I'm going to do next time. All the way to the point of recently someone ran into the side of your car in one of the, tr- <laughs> and one of the, and one of the circles. One on of the, the nine circles in our town. Yeah. Like the traffic circles. Yeah. So you got hit in a traffic circle and clearly it's her fault, right? It was 100% her fault. Like she got cited for it, but. Yeah. But it's your fault that you left when you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's your fault that you were in the lane. I was in a rush left. too. I was in a rush. Like I, when we left, I had dinner plans and I was like, Todd, I have to go. Like, I'm going to be late already. And I was rushing out. Then I called him after like the police had drove. I was driving away from the accident. I was like, you're never going to believe what just happened. And it's hundred percent because I was in a rush. That's what I said when I called you. Yeah. I was like so much for getting to dinner. That is a level of ownership. And I was laughing about it. Yeah. See, that's a level of ownership. That's really important. Yeah. So yeah. Is it that girl's fault or that person's fault? Yeah. But it's your fault that you were there for her to be able to hit you. It was also so much easier to get over because I took ownership for it and just laughed about it. Yeah. My, my brand new 2023 car was just in an accident. Yeah. Am I happy about having to fix that? No, but I just, I was laughing on the phone. You're like, are you okay for real? And I was like, no, no, no I'm fine. Like it's, it's fine. Minor problem can still drive the car. Everything's going to be great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That when you take ownership of your life, of your decisions and of your current results, you have the ability to change anything that you want. If you stay stuck, if you make the decision, even if you decide to not change, it is a decision to stay the same, stay in the pain that you are right now. Still your fault. It's all your fault. By Dustin Lloyd. Great book. <laughs> Go pick it up. <laughs> Go read that book. Yep. All right. Tell the people what to do. If you've decided to make a change and you want to get better, because again, if you if you stay the same, that is a decision to stay the same. So if you've decided that you want to improve, I think the best thing you can do is go down in the description down below and click the link to join our free newsletter. And our free newsletter is going to send out weekly information to you. That way you can make a change. And it goes right back to it doesn't take money to make money. It doesn't take any money to join the free newsletter. That way you can start to get better, start to learn how you can make better decisions and get better results. And free trainings. And the free newsletter comes free with trainings free trainings, yep. which are really valuable. Yep. And it's all about your heart and it's all about your head and how you can put them together to make better decisions and get better results than you've ever had. Beautiful. This was awesome. Beautiful. All the myths. This was Financial Mythbusters. Fi- financial Mythbusters. Hammer down. <laughs>